to FiberCast, the official Fiber podcast for sellers by sellers. My name is Red, aka Red Horrix. And I'm Adam, aka Twisted Web 123. Today we're joined by a special guest host, Harold. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Harold? Hey, my name is uh, Harold Leverton. Uh, my name on Fiber is Give Me Apps. That is uh, my, my actual business. I, I run an app store called Give Me Apps. I am an educator um, by trade. I just finished uh, my educational leadership uh, degree. Uh, I've run several businesses for a couple of years, and I'm also a musician, voiceover artist, and I do commercials. Um, you know, that's what uh, Fiverr allows me to do. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Harold. Um, so today, we're going to be talking about upselling. We're talking about how you can get your clients to purchase extras, how you can upsell your gig before and after orders. So. Adam, why don't you start off? Um, tell us a little bit about how you handle upselling. I think for me, one of the most important parts of upselling is making sure what you're trying to upsell is related in a quite similar way to your basic gig. So to give you an example of that, one of the services I offer is to perform a website review or a website critique as a hand-typed report. An upsell of that is a website review via video. Now, I think those two complement each other quite well, and I'll often see them upselling because they're quite similar. However, if I were to offer a service such as I will tweet your website to 10,000 people, I think it's not related enough in that scenario to really have an upsell. I think it would still maybe convert, but it isn't an actual kind of progression to what the person is ordering. So I think the key for me to begin with any sort of upsell is to make sure what you are upselling is a natural progression of the basic gig. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, I think for me, it's a little easier because uh, my, uh, my specific topic is so, is so tight. You know, the only things I can really upsell people on are faster delivery, um, which does often work for me. I have, uh, I have it set where I can, people can order extra fast or my extra, extra fast service. So that's kind of where I sit with the upselling thing. And then the other thing that I have is um, things like um, correcting people's grammar. Like I, I have that in there. But I can see how for you, like, especially in your niche as a designer, you have such a broad range that you can pull from. How about you, Harold? Um, how do you handle upselling? My opinion is this. Uh, I think any gig, any service that you provide on Fiverr can be upsell, can be upsold. So um, what you really want to do is, uh, make sure that whatever extra services you're offering um, increases the value of the final product, whatever that might be. So, for example, I do commercials. Uh, you might want to start off with something as simple as for uh, $5, I will do a script of 50 words or less. And then from there, you can say, look, I'll proof your script, the same way that you mentioned with your voiceovers. Uh, from there, for $20, you could say something to the effect of, look, I'll do a green screen background, I'll add your logo, and I'll add some text. And then you go for the for the big bang. Um, that would be uh, what I call my total package, maybe the fifty or one hundred dollar um, gig extra, where you can say, "Look, I'll pull out all the bells and whistles. I'll give you HD. I'll give you 4K video. Um, I will allow you up to six logos, and I will let you um, add um, this amount of words. It could be something like three or four hundred words." Um, the main objective, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is um, you want to give people as much as they can get for five dollars. But you really want to kind of push them towards getting the uh, the best bang for their buck, and um, for that you have to load as much value as you can in the um, uh, largest, uh, I guess, uh, upsell you provide, 
and um, really make them feel like they're getting um, the value for their money. I love one particular the point you said there, which I think encompasses everything you're offering there, which was the word package. I love presenting any kind of upsell or any kind of additional work as a package kind of persona to the buyer. So they think, okay, we've got this option. We've got this package. We've got this package. And as you say, you have the all-inclusive option, which allows you to sell basically everything packaged in a nice kind of branded or advertised way to really make that upsell. Absolutely. Uh, having, uh, giving people love options, right? So, um, having your basic five dollars of gig is a great thing. I, I call it the basic five dollar gig. But um, having uh, as many options as um, as you can on your whatever service it is that you're providing um, lets the uh, user, the buyer, feel like, wow, it's almost like you're at a buffet. You know, I can get um, I can put the eggs, I can put the bacon, I can put the cheese, and before you know it, you have a nice big sandwich. I love that analogy. That's awesome. So, well, I'm kind of hungry at the moment, so. <laughs> so, Harold, how do you approach how do you approach this with your clients? Do you always? It's say you get a basic five dollar order. Do you then go to your client and try and upsell a package, or do they? Do you wait for them to express interest? I've taken several approaches to this. I've been very fortunate where a lot of clients will actually contact me. They'll message me before they order, which is great because there's your opportunity to, um, you know. Um, do your song in bank and tell them, look, this is what I offer, but, you know, it sounds like this would be a, a better fit for you. Um, I've been taking advantage of the um, custom offers that uh, Fiverr just um, recently enabled on the site. So um, you could say, look, you know, you look at what it is that they're trying to achieve and um, you engage them, you communicate with them and um, see if they are interested in um, doing something a little more elaborate. Uh, you never get pushy. Uh, you never uh, try to coerce them to do something. But um, you have to look at it this way. There are multiple entry points where you cannot sell your gig. Um, it really just takes, um, um, I guess, some common sense, if you may, and uh, really thinking about this um, from a customer care perspective. You want to take care of your client. So if you can give them a better service than um, what your $5 uh, package, your $5, your basic $5 gig is, is offering, then um, why not go for it? You benefit, and more importantly, uh, the buyer benefits. What I've noticed when um, a buyer usually contacts beforehand, I find it a fantastic way to initiate that upsell. Um, I often come across the scenario where a buyer will kind of say to me, I want this and this, how much will it be? And I've heard from a lot of other sellers, they say, oh, it's, it's clearly stated on my gig, why don't they just go ahead and order? And rather than think of that as a bad scenario, I actually use that time there to contact the buyer and say, okay, this would be, let's say, $10. But if you're going to order this, I recommend possibly looking into this as well to make sure you receive the best value for what you're looking for. I was going to say, Adam, you're so right. I'm getting a headache. It's, it's, that point of contact is so crucial. And um, very often you can be overwhelmed with a, a large number of orders. You, um, you, know, you don't want to get into the habit of saying, first of all, um, being on fire is a joy and having many... Um, um, potential clients contact you is a privilege. So you want to take advantage of that privilege and um, respect that privilege. You need to use that, as I said earlier, as an entry point to engage your clients, to um, give them the best service that you can provide for them, and uh, use it as an opportunity to have them purchase whatever other services you're, you're offering in, in tandem with your gig. I think the big thing for me with showing clients what 
opportunities I have for like, as, as in for me, the upselling is all about delivery time. Like that's where I can actually upsell a, a little bit more because my standard delivery is two days. One day is extra fast. And then I have an extra, which is where people can move to the top of my queue. So for me, one of the most important things is if I've got a client coming to me and I'm building them a custom quote, I always make sure in that custom quote, I have laid out for them all of the delivery options so that they can see it there and see how quickly they can potentially get things. And I think that's a big yeah. part of it is making sure custom quotes when you're using them, which I think everyone should use custom quotes because then the buyer just clicks, clicks once and you're done. Um, I think having all that information there is really pivotal. Custom quote is probably one of the most powerful features on the timer. Um, has available. And I think that every seller, whether, um, whether you're a top-rated seller or not, a super seller, whatever category you're in, uh, should take advantage of that. That's a, it's a really big thing. So, you have your services available. When the client is contacting you, uh, it's a different scenario than just clicking that order button. Uh, many times, as we all know from our experience, some people don't um, read the gig, pa- the gig page um, thoroughly. And many times, they're excited um, that they can get a quality product for five dollars. The ability to deliver uh, your your services faster is, is is big. So though you um you feel like you have a tight space there, Red, um it's still a very powerful tool as you mentioned. Uh, I always make it a point to have I guess like a template that I send out to most of my clients when they inquire about my my gigs, mm-hmm. and then I'll um, you know streamline it a bit so it, it fits whatever it is that they're they're requesting. But um like yourself, I always um pour in those extra fast delivery options. You know, some people, they, they, look, they look at your queue and they say, oh my God, the person has, um, you know, 15 or 20 orders. Um, just by saying, look, for an extra 10 bucks, I'll give it to you in uh, three days. In my case, most of my days, I have a five or seven day delivery uh, because of the volume that I receive. But uh, most people will be willing to take advantage of that. Look, I need it tomorrow. I need it tonight. I need it five hours from now. It's powerful. Definitely. I think as well, Red, you, uh, you touched on a really good point when you said, before, if I'm understanding this correctly, before you actually send the custom quote, you'll send them a message outlining all of the available options available to them in regards to extra fast delivery. Right. Because what I've, what I've received in the past is if someone will maybe um, ask me for something and I sometimes maybe think, okay, they sound like they're in a rush. Let's look to tack on the extra fast quota standard inside the custom quotes. The feedback I've personally received from that is people often say, oh, um, I wasn't expecting it to be kind of this much. Why is it that much? And the fact that I've sent kind of like the quote as the reply, as opposed to an initial outline to kind of engage in contact with them first, they're less likely to convert from that. So taking the time to outline it to them, I, you know, it kind of gives them the manual choice of what they want the custom quote to be. And then you send the custom quote after that to make sure you're getting the maximum upsell possible but I find without being too pushy with just sending a custom quote straight away. Yeah, I think it depends on what the client's asking for. If a client is really, is very specific, and a lot of my clients do say like, oh, I need this by Thursday, so I won't necessarily push the push the extra fast to them. But I, I think it's, I think I feel it's not necessarily about pushing something. It's about making sure that my client is aware of all of their options. So they can select yeah. what's best to work for you. And I think that some people do worry that upselling is like pushing things upon people. And I would, I would definitely counsel that thinking of it as making sure your client understands all of the services you provide is a better way of thinking about it than, oh, I'm trying to push stuff on people. I think it depends on how you go about doing it. Because I, I've been in a scenario before 
where I was a buyer and I asked someone how much, you know, this gig would cost. And rather than send me an initial message as a reply to kind of engage with me, their reply was a, an instant custom offer with the price. So from my side, after I contacted the buyer, I received an email to let me know, hey, you've received um, a custom offer. And before I even had a real chance to engage with that buyer, a custom offer had been sent through with a price that I didn't fully understand. But if that if that seller had taken the time to maybe talk with me beforehand, even just a message to just give me an outline of their options, I would have been much more likely to convert from that. I think it's it's okay to send a custom quote right away, provided you're outlining exactly what the person is getting and making sure that within that custom quote, you put in a note that says, if you need any alterations, just contact me and I'll adjust the quote. Like making sure that they know that they you can withdraw it and resend it to make sure that they have. Oh, okay. Any- so almost like it's a, a draft proposal yeah. um, rather than an invoice. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, that's definitely one way to do it. I think, I think having that thing in there that says, I'm happy to adjust the quote, that's the line that gets you a better response from, from potential I think, buyers. I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, to put it mildly, you don't want to have the customer feel as if they're in a Looney Tunes cartoon and the acne anvil is falling on their head. You want to educate your buyers. You want to make them feel comfortable. Uh, you want to outline everything that it is that you offer uh, so they feel that they have a choice. And you'll find that you'll get a great conversation, develop a professional relationship. And more than often, they'd probably be um, more willing to go for the higher tier uh, uh, services that you provide with your kids. So here's another question on this kind of along this vein. For you guys, do you have any opportunities to upsell after a client's order is completed? I think, Adam, you have some stuff with this, right? Uh, It's probably my biggest kind of um, sales plan, I would say, in relation to my um, gigs. So, I mean, one of the ways I initiate this is, as I say, I offer a $5 custom report to critique your website and tell you what's wrong with it. Now, for me, it doesn't matter if the seller at that point place a $5 order or a $105 order. Either way, I'm still able to upsell on that model based on my deliverable. So what I do with that is basically the order that they receive on the gig, as stated, is almost like a, an intro into my full service. So when I deliver that intro, there, there becomes a whole range of other services available. So they may order a $5 report. I will tell them, you know, what's wrong with their website or what I would improve. And then they come back afterwards and says, okay, this is great. Can you do it for me? And then instantly then we go from talking $5, $10, even up to the $100 extra to talking to technically an infinite amount, depending on how varied or required their details are. I have a similar, um, for me, it's it's kind of similar. I have a lot of clients uh, who will order a simple $5 commercial and in the delivery message, I will um, highlight what it was that they did order so that it'll be, um, you know, you order the basic $5 gig and provide X, Y, and Z. And then I'll say, you did not order the green screen. You didn't order the HD and high quality audio. You didn't order the total package. And more than often, the client will come back and say, well, hey, 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 wait a second. Well, what does that get me? And there's the opportunity to um, uh, point them towards your portfolio. And uh, in my case, what I normally do is I'll point them to YouTube videos, you know, buyers a lot of that, um, so they can see the type of quality they would get if they ordered one of the um, higher tier services that I provide with the gig. A question to you, Harold. In regards to things like the um, high definition extra, 
Um, is that something that maybe you record in high definition previously, but you send the file in a lower quality for the lower orders, or would you have to reshoot all over again um, if they purchase afterwards? Great question. I film everything in high definition, but because it takes a longer, a lot more time to render the um, high yeah. definition videos, I, um, you know, down convert it to um, SD and ship it out. It's your basic five dollar gig. And the person decides, hey, look, I want the um, high quality, the uh, high definition, and you know, whatever. Um, then I'll say, well, you know, here it is. And, you know, you you send it out. There's an easy upsell right there. So that's great for you then, because you're technically doing the work anyway. So when the buyer does look to upsell, you've already done it. So the upsell is very seamless for you and able to be delivering that difference. Absolutely. I think uh, from the seller's perspective, your job is to deliver um, the highest quality product you can with the least amount of work. And when I say work, I don't mean effort. I mean work. If it requires some more work, then you point that towards uh, the higher tiered stuff. So in my case, yeah, um, with the HD, I, I originally recorded things in HD, and that's an easy uh, send-off. Uh, with my app promotion gigs, uh, you know, because I have the app store and I do app promotion, um, I'll do a basic tweet for $5, and then I'll say, look, you know, if you want to spend another $20, I'll do a review of your app. And if you spend $100, then I will do the review, I'll do a written review, I'll do all this, this extra stuff, which is a big benefit to them. There's always a second thought. And you mentioned it um, earlier. Uh, there's always, there are multiple entry points to upsell. You have when they message you, when they initially do the order, and post-sale. Or even a couple of weeks down the line. There's always an opportunity to do that. Yeah, definitely talking about a couple of weeks down the line. Um, when I do logo designs, I often have buyers coming back weeks, maybe even months in advance, asking for the source files or the larger resolution printing files. So from that, then, as long as I keep those files, maybe 20 orders I made a year ago could actually start bringing in more revenue today. So talking about um, having the maybe delivering the lower quality file as per the order, but having the previous or the better quality file ready to upsell, this must be something quite good for you, Red, where there's a new feature on Fiverr that allows you to deliver source files. So I imagine with your voiceovers, you may have the opportunity in the future now to let's say, if, for example, if you delivered MP3 as standard for your $5 gig, you could deliver the, the WAV source file directly in the order for your buyers to easily upgrade whenever they want. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't, I deliver everything in the high quality WAV files. So that's uh, actually a big part of my service. But I know there are other voiceover artists that are able to do that. Um, so I think that's definitely something that will come into play for a lot of people down the line and I, I I do try and think about how I could potentially do more upselling and do more do more source files and things like that but for me it's you know I'm very and very much everything comes in in high quality everything's delivered instantaneously it, it's something I should really work on I, I think it's I think actually it. you've just you've just raised a very valid point or almost a fear maybe where at the moment your service is very all-inclusive so if you wanted to maybe broaden your upsells in the future, how do you think you would handle the price change or the difference for your previous customers? So let's say um, you start charging more for your high quality WAV file. How do you think you would handle that situation if a buyer came back and said, this used to be inclusive? Well, I've come up with this. Uh, I've come across this a couple of times already because back in, I think it was March of this year, I actually increased my rates for the first time since I'd started on Fiverr. 
And it was one of those things where I notified all of my clients about a, uh, about a month before I increased my rates. I put a message on my gig saying, hey, guys, just so you know, starting on this date, I'm, in, I'm increasing my rate. And then I had clients come in after that date that were still ordering at my old rate. And if they did, I, I gave them, I gave them an, a kind of a, a free opportunity to be informed. So if a client ordered at the old rate, I would do the order as I would done, have done normally. And then I would message them and say, hey, just so you know, on March 1st, I changed my rates. And then I kept track of anyone I'd messaged. So I knew that I knew that the people that I'd kind of given warnings to. And honestly, I, I think I only had about eight or nine clients make that mistake. And no one, after I'd sent that initial, done the order and then sent a message, I didn't have anyone come back and try it again. So I think it's all about communication. You have to make sure that you don't do it overnight, that you give people warning so they could, because again, a lot of our clients are working for other people. So when, yeah. when I'm doing a voiceover, it's entirely possible someone has purchased that on behalf of their client. So you need to make sure that they have an opportunity to pass on that additional fee to their client so that no one is out of pocket on it. I think that's a really great thing to mention, actually, because I never even considered that previously, but giving the clients the the warning beforehand and then almost like the free pass so to speak on their first order after the change is not only informing them but it's also great customer service from that i had a full experience with that i remember when i first started on fiverr i had a certain rate and then um as i became more knowledgeable about how fiverr worked and what you could do with upsell your services um there was a rate change on um, on my side also and what i normally do because sometimes people just like I said before, they don't they may not read your gig page, but if they're in a rush, they they may be with another client and they have other things to do. Um that's no fault of the clients, but uh, when they do purchase, when they do make the order, you wanna have clarity. You wanna be very clear with them from, from the beginning. And it's great um to uh communicate that when they uh, make the purchase. And um you also brought up the uh clerical side of things of keeping track of uh who who um may not have looked over you know your your prices I think it's I think it's important to highlight um, what we've just dis- discussed there to the listener that both myself, Red, and Harold have all increased our rates successfully and maintained the upsell from it. Because I often hear from a lot of sellers they sell they kind of they're a bit scared that if they increase their rate they'll lose the custom. But I think it's important to remember. Let's say you sold ten gigs at five dollars each and you increased your rate to what was offering to $10, you only need to sell half the amount of gigs to make the same revenue. So you may lose a small amount of custom from increasing your prices or increasing your um, offering inside the gig. But overall, there's that tipping point where if you're still receiving a certain amount of buyers, you'll actually make a better revenue overall. We've got some great questions today, one of which is from Julie Palmer 7, who asks, what if a buyer orders your gig and then cancels? Do you have the right to use that work in your portfolio? That's a really good question. I think the biggest issue with this is if it's work that is really relevant to the client, I wouldn't advise using it in your portfolio, um, mostly because you may have an opportunity to, to actually use pieces of that work elsewhere. So if, if someone has, say someone's purchased um Say for, I guess for you, Adam, say someone's purchased a logo and they decided that they no longer needed the order, but you'd already done some of the work. I think it would be completely fine to, to kind of table that logo and then as an original design. And then maybe down the line, you might come back to it with someone who 
has something of a similar vein that they want and then you could re then you could use it but in my opinion i would say if you're putting it in your portfolio and it's not been paid for you're almost wasting your work because once it's in your portfolio you can't really use it again so i would say yes you probably could put it in your portfolio but i would just hold on to that for another day okay so we've got another question here and i think this is a good one for adam uh, this one is from Victoria1231. Uh, I sent my customer a picture. He posted a review and this picture became visible in my profile, but the customer doesn't want it to be visible. Can I do something about that? Okay, so there's a there's a couple of things you can do about this. Um, the first one is if you don't want something visible in your profile or your, your portfolio um, before you deliver, what you can do is make sure that you maybe deliver the image, if it's say an image, inside a zip file so it doesn't go inside the live portfolio or you send a message with the image and then send a delivery message afterwards. So you just make sure that whenever you're delivering the file, there's no live port, um, portfolio um, thumbnail on that delivery message and it won't be in your portfolio. However, in this scenario, if it's already inside your portfolio, the buyer has the option to go ahead and remove the image at the point of feedback. So if uh, you deliver your order and it's inside there. When the buyer goes ahead and leaves feedback, they can just click on the image to remove it and place their new feedback inside. If they've already left feedback, they just go back into the order, edit that feedback, then remove the image. If the buyer does struggle with this, customer support can help and have that image removed. All right, and we've got one more question here. Um, Harold, this is probably a good one for you. This is from Marie Kaz. I use my real name on my Fiverr seller account. I was wondering if using your real name sets up any limitations. Another good question. I don't believe it sets up any limitations. It depends on what your purpose is or what your goals are. Uh, for example, I do commercials because although I'm an educator by trade and a businessman, um, I do want to get intelligent and acting. So in that case, having my name out there is great as a networking tool. Uh, however, um, I come across many fiber sellers who don't wish to use their real name and they work under uh, an anonymous name. Or, uh, or either an anonymous name or uh, a name they made up just for Fiverr. It depends on what your goals are and, and what, what it is you're trying to do. If you're doing anything lacy or marching and you have, um, if you work in a profession like I do, education, obviously you don't want to attach your name to anything that's going to come back to haunt you. But again, it depends on what it is that you have um, set up for yourself, what your goals are, and on what your purpose is on Fiverr. So it's probably one of those things where if you're producing work that you don't want necessarily Maybe you're maybe you're moonlighting on Fiverr and you don't want your full time employer to know. Maybe you shouldn't use your real name. That's a great a great point. Um, I, I've been very fortunate where I haven't had anybody ask me to do anything really offensive. But um, in some cases, you may not want your employer to know what is it you're doing on the side, and you know it may be private to you. It depends on um, you know like I said your goals, uh, the kind of person you are, and um, you know these days everybody's googling everybody, so you got to think about that. Definitely. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. Thank you so much to Harold for joining us. You can find him on Fiverr as Give Me Apps. Our jingle is by Ryan, aka Custom Drum Loops, and today we were edited by Dancha. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. Fiverr